everyone, welcome to the Shelf Care Interview, an occasional conversation series where Booklist talks to book people. This Shelf Care Interview is sponsored by Ravel. I'm Susan McGuire, and today I'm talking to romance author Irene Hannon, whose name you may recognize from our November episode, but just in case, Irene Hannon is a best-selling, Rita Award-winning author who has written more than 50 romantic suspense and contemporary romance women's fiction novels. Her books have appeared on multiple bestseller lists, and three and a half million, yes million, copies of her books have been sold worldwide and translated into multiple languages. Starfish Pier, a Hope Harbor novel, comes out in March from Ravel, that's on March 31st, all the way at the end of the month, so be strong, everyone. And thank you for joining me again, Irene Hannon. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, so when we spoke back in November, we talked about Dark Ambitions, which is a much different book. It was, as, as the title suggests, dark romantic suspense. So tell us about Starfish Pier. Well, Starfish Pier is very different because I do write in the two genres. I write romantic suspense and I write contemporary romance. So this is a very different kind of book. It doesn't have the, the life-threatening, cliff-hanging, life-and-death scenes that a romantic suspense has, but it does have plenty of drama. So this book is set in a little town, it's a fictional town on the Oregon coast called Hope Harbor. And it is, and I've done quite a few books set in Hope Harbor. And I should just tell any listeners if they're hearing this and thinking, oh, well, I haven't read any of those other books, so I can't read this one. That whenever I write a series, every book is written as a standalone novel. So there are no plot threads that carry over from book to book. It's a new cast of characters with every book. The story begins and ends with each book. What I, I was going to mention that. This is my first Hope Harbor novel, and I was going to say, the official librarian word is that you don't have to, you can start here, you don't start at the beginning. Yes, absolutely. The common element in the book is the town, is Hope Harbor. So Mm -hmm. every story is different, and so you can kind of visit Hope Harbor at whatever stage you want with whatever book you want. So this book is, is number six. There are two more contracted, and we'll see beyond that what happens, but this book features Holly Miller. She is new to town. She's a first grade teacher, and she has moved to Hope Harbor because she's really looking for a more independent lifestyle. She Mm -hmm. has um, some physical challenges that she's dealing with and has very loving parents who've pretty much coddled her, and she feels like it's time now to get out on her own and strike out and see what she can do on her own. So she's not a typical romance novel heroine in the sense that so many people complain, oh, all those romance heroines, they're just these perfect women physically, not this time. So she has some challenges she's dealing with. So she's new in Hope Harbor, and she gets uh, kind of involved in a local organization. They're a charitable organization, and they enlist her help with a, a fundraising dinner for a cause that's near and dear to her heart. And one of the things she's supposed to do is go solicit donations for this a charitable auction dinner. And so she approaches the hero, that would be Stephen Rourke, and mm-hmm. he is not from Hope Harbor, but he grew up in the area. And he is ex-military. He's been back in town a year. He's a charter fisherman. And he's kind of come back to Hope Harbor because his younger brother, he thinks, needs his help. His younger brother is dealing with some issues. And he's made zero progress with his younger brother in, in a right. year. So Holly approaches him about this donation, and when he finds out what the cause is that this dinner is for, he has no real interest in that because it's not a cause that he feels he can or should support. And Mm -hmm. that brings up one of the big challenges in this book, one of the big conflicts, is these two characters who are drawn to each other and they like each other, 
but they have a pretty big disagreement on a pretty big moral issue. And so that is a thread that runs throughout the book because their paths begin to intertwine after that. They also find themselves on opposite sides of a an issue that's threatening to sort of divide this charming little town mm-hmm. for, for the same sort of reason. So it, the, the story kind of follows them all along the way with some secondary storylines story also happening that support this basic thesis. And the issue for them becomes how how do you – accommodate differences in moral beliefs without compromising or capitulating your own moral beliefs. So that's kind right. of the thread that runs through this whole book on a, on a number of different levels and with a number of different characters, actually. Yeah. And I want to talk about Holly and Stephen, but before we do that, you mentioned that this sort of town gets embroiled might be too strong a word, but you know, folks come up on different sides of an issue. I don't want to be too spoilery, I guess. So so hopefully this is sort of a spoiler-free question. I was wondering if you could talk about the town of Hope Harbor, you know, if it's based on some place or if you had something in mind and how you sort of populated the town with all these people who sure. get along but disagree and Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, Hope Harbor is a microcosm of any other town where where many different personalities, many different characters, many different points of view. So you can take all the things that happen in a larger town and still have them happen in a small town. But what happened with Hope Harbor was I was writing romantic suspense for my publisher, and I, I really started writing romance as contemporary romance with many years ago with a different publisher. And I, I wanted to kind of get back into that as well as my suspense work. So I wrote a couple books for them. And then I had this idea for this town set on the Oregon coast, which mm-hmm. became Hope Harbor. And I proposed it to them initially as a standalone book, although in the back of my mind and in the back of theirs was the <laughs> thought that if readers embraced this town, it could potentially be a long running series. So yeah. they so they said, yeah, let's try this. So I went to Oregon. I had never been. I had only read about it. Oh. But it sounded so charming and so beautiful and so romantic. And I thought, I, I have to go do a research trip now that I'm doing this book. So I traveled the coast from top to bottom. I just learned so much about so many things, including things like seagull romance, which shows up in oh my, my book. And yes. it's a continuing <laughs> little thread that adds a little touch of humor to the stories. And two. I created this town of Hope Harbor. And we, we did the first book. And the reaction was just beyond what either of us expected. Readers loved this. And although the main characters are pretty much new uh, in every book, and some do make cameos in subsequent books, there, there are a handful of characters that are in every book, a couple of which always add some levity. Because even though I deal with some serious subjects in my books, you know, how can we live if we can't also laugh? So there has to be some laughter in our life and in the book. So my seagull couple, Floyd and Gladys, are great for adding a little bit of humor here and there. And I have these two clerics in town. They're the pastors of uh, the two different churches. And they're just the best of friends, but they have this ongoing banter. and It's a stitch. And they add a touch of humor. And then the other character that is in every book is Charlie Lopez, and he runs a taco stand on the wharf. He's also a renowned artist. He's kind of the town philosopher, always has a kind word, good advice, knows a little bit more about people than you would might think he would know. And yes. I have to tell you, readers of all of the 50 books I have written and all of the characters in those 50 books, Charlie Lopez has gotten the most 
reader comments and mail of all of them put together. So he is just a beloved character and now is in every book. So he's a great, he's, he's always there and people just can't wait to read about him again. I actually wanted to ask you uh, maybe sort of tangentially about Charlie Lopez, but when you were traveling in Oregon, did you discover a favorite fish taco place? (laughs) Because the fish tacos were very vivid. They, they are. They're very vivid. And here's the ironic thing. I did not even see a fish taco while I was in Oregon. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's just the most amazing thing. I sampled all kinds of other food. In fact, the cinnamon rolls that are at Sweet Dreams Bakery in my book are based on cinnamon rolls I ate in a bakery in Oregon. And a lot of what you see in the book is a compilation of things that I found on that initial research mm-hmm. trip. But fish tacos were not among them. Oh, you haven't had any? Oh, my gosh. I have never had one. I live in, you know, living in the Midwest, it's tough to get really good fresh fish tacos. So the next time I go to the coast, I am going to find somewhere. I'm going to find a place that has fish tacos and sample them myself. They won't be as good as Charlie's, though. I already know that. Look at that magical (laughs) aspect. But I feel like you you need to share photographic proof that you've had a fish taco. I I will have to do that. If I (laughs) I get to the coast the next time and I'm sitting there eating one, I'll have to be sure to post that on my social media. Uh, But like I said, I know. I know that it won't be as good as Charlie's. His his are just, you know, magical tacos. So... (laughs) And I think, you know, you talked about Holly being a unique... Uh, romance heroine because she has, I don't know if it's a spoiler to say she has a condition that makes getting around sometimes difficult. Yeah, she has definitely has physical challenges. And one thing that I really liked about the book is that it showed different ways that she is loved. You know, her parents are very nervous for her and they in some way sort of see her as a child. And so their love can be a little bit smothering. But Stephen, you know, once he learns the truth, trusts her to to let him know what she can handle. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not sure right. if there's a question there. Yeah, yeah. But that's very true. You know, one of the things I like to do in my romance novels, people always think that they're always about romantic love. And of course, you know, that is a main theme in these books. Sure. It is a romance yes. novel. But, you know, there are so many different kinds of love in this world. And I try in my books not to just show the romantic love because there are a lot of different levels and a lot of different ways we love. And like you said, in this book, we see the the love her parents have for her and that she has for them. And the challenges that that can sometimes cause as well, because love can be, can tend to be smothering in some cases and people have to know when to back off and when not to back off. And there's also just the love we have for the people who enter our lives and her neighbor there's a good example of that. She has a new neighbor that comes to town yes. who she just, her heart goes out to him because he's by himself and she, and he's, he's not friendly. And yet she feels that he needs this human connection. And so just because of brotherly love to use that very generic term that everybody knows um, and compassion, she seeks him out. And so, so there's, there's love demonstrated in, and, and also with Stephen and his brother, that sibling yeah. love. Mm-hmm. He came all the way back because he cared so much about his brother. And of course, his brother feels like he's just intruding on his life. So there's a challenge there. How do you help somebody who doesn't necessarily want to be helped? So all of this stuff is going on in this book. It's not just a, you know, it's not just a romance uh, that's being featured here. Right. It's a love story in many ways. Yes. And of course, um, a seagull love story. Yes, Floyd and Gladys. It's great. And it, the people who have read book one actually learned the backstory of, of the seagull couple because uh, 
they hook up in the first book of the series. But I didn't know this, but when I was doing my Oregon trip, seagulls actually mate for life. And they go through a period of mourning if they lose their mate. And so Ooh. that's what was going on with Floyd in the first book. But he, in, his, in the first book, he too finds a happy ending. And so now oh Floyd gosh. and Gladys... Uh, are in every book, and and they're just they're they're so much fun to write. In fact, readers love them so much now that they are also on every cover. If you look on every cover, you will see the two seagulls. I see them. I'm looking at the book right yes. now. Oh, right. <laughs> yes, we started adding them because they're in every book, and readers love them. So we started adding them to every cover. We are going to wrap up talking about Starfish Pier, but like I said, it's coming out at the end of March. Is there anything you mentioned having a couple? more Hope Harbor books may be coming out. Can you give us a sneak preview or? Yes. In fact, the uh, next book in Hope Harbor will be about the same time next year. I do one romantic suspense a year and I do one contemporary romance. And right now those are the Hope Harbor books. And so the next book coming out, the main character is alluded to at the end of this book. And that's the, uh, there's a new kind of high-end coffee shop in town. And the owner of that shop is going to be the hero of the next book. And he has a very interesting story. He's a, he's new, relatively new to Hope Harbor. And he is coming there from, uh, after making a radical change in his life. And the heroine, uh, can't say too much about her because she just kind of shows up in his coffee shop one day and she's a stranger to town and she's, she's rented a house on the outskirts of town and really keeps to herself. So she obviously has some secrets. But it turns out she's rented the house that is right next door to the hero, unknowingly. Uh-huh. So they end up connecting and, and seeing each other. And she has a very interesting story, too, because she is try- at the point in her life where she's got to make some really major decisions about where does she go from here. So that's kind of a, a quick preview of the next book. As anyone who's read any other Hope Harbor novels know, you can't keep secrets and you can't stay too closed off for long in that town. <laughs> Yes, it's a, it's a very definitely a small town, but it's also a very welcoming, loving place. It's the kind of a lot of readers have said, I wish there was a town like Hope Harbor where people really cared about each other because I would move there. Yeah, with fish tacos. Yes, of course. And cinnamon buns, <laughs> cinnamon oh, rolls from okay. Sweet Dreams Bakery. <laughs> I'll take it. Let's found this town. <laughs> And they oh, even yeah. going as of as of the next book, they'll even have a really great coffee shop. So you know what's not to like. There's nothing <laughs> missing. There's nothing missing. In well, thank you so much for chatting with me, Irene Hannon, and thank you everyone for listening to the Shelf Care Interview. This Shelf Care Interview was sponsored by Ravel, publisher of Irene Hannon's Starfish Pier, which will be coming out in March 2020. Happy reading, everyone. Mm-hmm.